0: Good morning. Good to see you here this morning. I have several announcements before we can begin our worship. Kids, remember that there's handbells, choir, mission kids, and adults. Remember, Bible study continues tonight. And we need to let the children know that they will begin their Christmas musical practice tonight. Also, um, let you know that October 14th, there'll be no children's handbell practice that night and in November, the social hall will be renovated. No activities will be allowed per the trustees, and you need to make arrangements now. For example, the children's handbills in November will move upstairs in the Family Life Center. So if you, you, you want to be aware of this now, in November, it's gonna be off limits for a few weeks. Also, save the date, October 28th, annual Halloween Carnival, Trunk or Treat, it starts inside the Family Life Center at five with games and lots of fun, hot dog dinner. Then it will move outside for the trunk or treating, decorate your trucks, bring lots of treats. Uh, if you'd like to donate candy or small prizes, drop them off to June in the church office anytime between now and Sunday, October the 28th. October is also breast cancer awareness month. And so at Memorial, we're gonna go pink on October 21st. We hope that you will observe Pink Sunday. Wear something pink to remember those who have lost or honor those fighting and celebrate those who have beat this horrible disease. That's October 21st. That's all the announcements I have. Let us begin our worship together. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray together. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the Scriptures are read, your Word proclaimed, and we partake of this holy mystery. May we hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. And let the Grugen family come forward. <coughs> Jacob, you come up here. Y'all come right here. J- Jacob, right here. No, y'all you, you come right here. No, you, you can stay seated. I just need one of you right now. <laughs> come on. All right. Oh, in a minute, I'll have you hold okay? Stay right there. Stay right here. <laughs> and all the family wants to come. Anybody wants to come up? Just come on. And you in the congregation, y'all look at the insert for the baptismal covenant. Y'all might know it by heart. We've had This is the fourth baptism we've had in like three weeks. A lot of babies. The church is of God and will preserve to the end of time for the conduct of worship, the due administration of God's word and sacraments the maintenance of Christian fellowship and discipline, the edification of believers, and the conversion of the world. All of every age and station stand in the need of the means of grace which the church alone supplies. Baptism is an outward and visible sign of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ through which grace we become partakers of His righteousness and heirs of life eternal. Those receiving the sacrament are thereby marked as Christian disciples and initiate into fellowship of Christ's holy church? Our Lord has expressly given the little children a place among the people of God, which holy privilege must not be denied them. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ and how He said, Let the children come to me, do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. And now I ask these parents who are sponsoring this child for baptism. Uh, Beloved, do you, in presenting this child for holy baptism, reject all that is evil, repent of your sin, and accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in His grace, and promise to serve Him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? will you nurture this child in Christ's holy church that by your teaching and example he may be guided to accept God's grace for himself to profess his faith openly and to lead a Christian life. To the congregation, I ask you as Christ's body, the church, will you reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? Amen. Will you nurture one another into Christian faith and love, and include this child that's before you in your care, and surround him with a community of love and forgiveness? Amen. Amen. Okay. Now can you hold this, or I can read it. Yeah. Let us pray. Eternal Father, your mighty acts of salvation have been made known through water, and from the movement of your spirit upon the waters of creation, to the deliverance of your people through the flood and through the Red Sea. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb, baptized by John, anointed by your Spirit. And Jesus called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. We pray, O God, that you pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and that one who will receive it, to wash away his sin and clothe him in righteousness and throughout his life, that dying and being raised with Christ he may share in this final victory through the same Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. (laughs) Miles Jones Gruben. I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. May the Holy Spirit work within you that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Those who have been baptized in the Christ Holy Church are welcomed into this congregation of the United Methodist Church. This child is now a preparatory member. Members of the household of God, I commend this person to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase his faith, confirm his hope, and perfect him in love. And let the congregation respond. Let us pray. O God, our Heavenly Father, grant that this child, as he grows in faith, (laughs) we've got to have those. (laughs) As he grows in years, may also grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that by restraining and renewing influence of the Holy Spirit, may he ever be a true child. (laughs) I can't read without him, sweetie. A true child of Thine serving thee faithfully in all his days so guide and uphold the parents and sponsors this child that by loving care, wise counsel, and holy example that he may lead into that life of faith whose strength is righteousness and whose fruit is everlasting joy and peace through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit bless and preserve and keep you now and forevermore. <laughs> That's clearly. Too bad they don't make contact readers. (laughs) (laughs) Let the children come forward for our children's time.
1: Gather myself after that. <laughs> okay, sorry. All right. Do you guys know what a happy meal is? Have you ever had a happy meal? Please tell me. Okay, so you've had a. <laughs> it's like whoa. Okay, so you've had a happy meal. Okay, what do you get in your happy meal? Food. What was it? What kind of food? Oh, a little pack of apples. Okay. A little pack of fries. What else comes in there? What do you get? You get? It? Oh, that's it. Does anybody get a cheeseburger? Chicken. Yeah. Okay. Do you get anything else in there? A toy's in there, right? Yeah. Is it a real expensive toy that lasts forever? And yeah, it lasts pretty much the meal, right? Yeah. Right. That's how long the toy lasts, right? So. You know, and what happens after a few hours after you eat your Happy Meal? Are you maybe hungry again? Do you, eat, do you eat another meal a couple hours later? He does? Sometimes you get hungry again, right? About 15 minutes later, you have to only give you three apples, I understand. Um, okay, so that's a Happy Meal that we get like at McDonald's or Chick-fil-A or wherever we're eating, right? Like at a, at, out to eat, that's a Happy Meal there. But did you know that we have a Happy Meal here at church? Yeah, look behind you. That's going to be our happy meal today. And our happy meal is going to be, and I'm sorry, it's going to be a small piece of bread. It's not going to be a big one. A small piece of bread, and what's in the cup? Some, some, juice. some juice, right? Yeah, some juice. Yeah, so what do you think these things represent?
2: Um, has, um, the represent the bread of yep.
1: Yeah, so the so the so the um, juice represents his blood, like you said, right? And the bread represents his body, right? And this is what the reason we eat this happy meal is because we are reminded that Jesus loved us so much that he died on the cross for us, okay? So that we could have everlasting life with him in heaven. Does that sound like something to be happy about? Okay, I have a little poem that kind of goes with the happy meal. theme, so we'll read it real quick. This Happy Meal doesn't look like much, right? Just bread and juice, and it doesn't come with a cheap plastic toy. It may not fill your stomach, but it fills your heart with joy. The bread and juice remind me of the Savior's love for all of us, for me, when he died upon a rugged cross on a hill called Calvary. There is no way I can describe the gratitude I feel each and every time I eat the Savior's Happy Meal. Can you guys pray with me? Thank you, Heavenly Father, for Jesus' death and resurrection. Thank you also for the happy meal we will eat today as a reminder of what Jesus has done for us. Amen. Amen.
0: Gracious God, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Oh God, as we come to these days, we know that you have spoken to us by your Son. We know that he reflects your glory and your teachings to us. We know your steadfast love is ever before our eyes as we seek to walk this day in faithfulness. We pray that you'd receive our praise of Your glorious name as we humbly come before You. Oh Lord, we must confess though that even though You have called us to live in commitment and in the community of the church, we do not always keep the promises we've made to each other or to You. And so we pray Your pardon this day. We pray that You would pardon our sin for it is great. Let us not be put to shame for. Help us to know the refuge that is in You. The Spirit which was in Christ is given also to us that Your Word may be known. And so we pray this day, O Lord, that You would help us, support us, and strengthen us for the task You've given each one of us to be true to the church and to the Gospel of Christ. We pray this day, O Lord, for those who suffer. We know that Jesus suffered on our behalf. We pray, O Lord, for those who are suffering that You would bless their suffering. We pray, O Lord, for You to be gracious upon those who may be lonely or afflicted, those who may have troubles of the hearts or minds or spirits, those who may be facing disease or death or mourning a loved one. We pray this day, O God, for each one that we've listed on our prayer list. And on our prayer, concerns our private and public ones. And those that concern our hearts now, we lift up before You. Hear us, O God. Answer what we ask. We pray in the name of the perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ, who is our Lord, who taught us to pray with one voice these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We United Methodists believe that giving is part of worship. So let's continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward at this time. sermon text is from 1 Corinthians chapter 10 actually I'm starting at verse 15 I speak to sensible people judge for yourselves what I say is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ and is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ and because there's one loaf We who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. This is the word of God for the people of God. God. Let us pray. O Lord, we thank you for this holy mystery in which you give yourself to us, and we pray, O Lord, that we would come with right and joyful hearts as we receive it. We pray in your name. Amen. Now, one of the things that responsibilities I have is, as your pastor is occasionally, once in a while, to talk about the great doctrines of our church or to talk about our denominational stance on things, and I want to talk real briefly before we take communion about communion. Uh, I don't know how many of you know, but the General Conference, that's the body of lay and clergy together every four years. They come together and they make uh, our rules and, and they interpret uh, our positions on things, and at the 2004 General Conference, which is the first time in history as our denomination, we adopted overwhelmingly in a document. And the document was called, This Holy Mystery. And United Methodist Understanding of Holy Communion. And the General Conference called for the implementation of this doctrine through study and practice that the pastors at each appointment would at least preach about it once and that would offer it as a study. and I've done that at every, uh, every opportunity I've had in every appointment. And we hopefully will be able to do that study here uh, sometime in the months or years ahead. The goal is to enrich and renew our worship through an enhanced appreciation of the sacrament that we're about to receive. I remind you that the most direct basis for our observance of Holy Communion is found in Scripture. At the conclusion of the Passover meal, Jesus instituted this ritual as the command of the church, one of the only two commands Jesus gave. Go and baptize and do this in remembrance of me. And he took the bread and the cup, he blessed it, he gave it to his disciples. And he's promised to be with us in a mysterious way, present to us when we did this in remembrance of me. And our faithful faithful participation in this is really a means of grace for us. Our founder, John Wesley, also taught and lived a life of devotion to this sacrament. He felt it was beneficial to us in many ways. In his sermon, The Duty of Every Christian, Wesley laid out the necessity for us to take communion. Communion, I want you to understand today, holds for us six major ideas. First is thanksgiving for what Christ has done on our behalf, thanksgiving for what Christ has done on our behalf. Second, fellowship with the saints here and in heaven. In a minute you'll hear the liturgy and you'll hear me refer to the saints here and in heaven. I'm convinced that there's no time you're closer to your loved ones than when you're participating in the body and blood of Christ. Third, fellowship with the saints. uh, uh, Remembrance of the Last Supper. Remembrance of the Last Supper. In other words, just remembering what actually happened that night before Jesus was arrested. Fourth, the remembering of the sacrifice of Christ. Fifth, the action of the Trinity. You see, the Holy Spirit is what makes it real for us. And finally, the looking forward to the day when we will share this with Christ in His Kingdom. Jesus invites us to His table. And we are invited uh, to His table and then we are offered a chance to confess and to remember that we have been pardoned and we should come with the desire and expectation with all in humility and with celebration and gratitude when we come and kneel at the altar we should come with our hands together waiting to receive from our lord jesus christ you know there's a there's a word in latin called in persona christi i think if some of you latin scholars may correct me later But basically it says that every minister, every priest stands in the place of Christ. We are a placeholder. We hold this place until Christ returns. We hold this place until you see Christ face to face in heaven. And when Christ Himself through us is inviting you to come and participate in His body and His blood at this table. It's a graceful action. And we should not turn anyone away. And therefore, in United Methodist Church, we practice that everyone's allowed to come. You're all freely invited, regardless of whether you're a member of this church or not, no matter what your age. Now, only someone authorized by the church can consecrate this sacrament. But once it's consecrated, anyone who's a baptized person can share in the giving of this sacrament. And so therefore, that's why I have asked Uh, every time I've done communion so far, someone to assist me. Uh, Today, Katie is assisting me. Katie's assisting me because she is a model for the children and families of this church. And if they see that she thinks it's important, then hopefully the children and the families will think it's important. The style of serving communion is also uh, just varies from place to place and doesn't really matter so much whether you do it by intention like we do at the 9 o'clock service, or if you do it with the separate cups as we do here. Uh, Or in some church traditions, they they pass the cups in the pews. Some traditions, they drink from the common cup. None of these are are seen as being superior. Uh, In Wesleyan theology, they're all a means of grace. And it's all part of a dynamic rather than a static faith. We're to grow in the image of Christ over time. And it's important for us to partake all the means of grace that there are. Not only the worship and prayer, but also in following the commands of Jesus Christ and following His commandment to love. Communion sustains us, empowers us along this spiritual journey. Sometimes though, you will hear a complaint. And the complaint will be that We do it too often. Well, here we hadn't been doing it much at all, and so now I've instituted that we'll do it every month at one of the services. And so uh, at one of the services, every month you have an opportunity to do it. Wesley had a lot to say about this actually. He said, first and foremost, this is a command of Jesus Christ. Whether you think it does you any good or not, Jesus Christ thinks it will, and Jesus Christ has commanded you to do it. And we either obey Jesus or we do not. Another complaint you often hear is that I'm unworthy. And Jesus and Wesley says that's the point. God offers you this great mercy that's found this side of heaven and commands you to accept it. Why would you not? You know, we expect to receive God's blessings all the time in His promises to us. And sometimes it's odd to me that people then do not feel that they should obey His commands. I, I never have quite understood that as a pastor. The idea that we, if we do it too frequently, it will lose, lose its meaning also doesn't hold water for John Wesley or for me. Let me ask you this. How many of you think you should stop drinking water every day? You know, you do it every day, so it's lost its effect, right? So y'all stop drinking water. Don't drink it anymore. You see what would happen to you. You would die. You know, should we stop singing songs every Sunday because we do them every Sunday? Should we stop praying every Sunday because it's lost its effect? Surely we shouldn't do that. Should we stop sermons every Sunday? Some of you might agree with that. Should we start sermons every Sunday because they've lost their effect? Friends, in the book of Acts, uh, chapter two, forty-two, it talks about a pattern of worship, and it says that in that. In those early days of the church, that the people came together to hear the preaching and to take partake of the communion, and to pray and to offer thanksgiving, and to offer their offerings and to be in fellowship with one another. And in Acts 2:42 through 2 through 46, you will see what the result of that pattern of worship is. It says that the Lord added to their number daily. The Lord added to the number daily those being saved. Friends, we should not neglect the command of Christ. We should not neglect the sacrament of baptism or the sacrament of communion. Well, friends, what we do here is mystery. But we must be faithful to the mysteries of God. God is always faithful to us. The question is, are we we faithful to God? You know, I read today's Upper Room, and I found it a, a confirmation of what uh, I was saying today. I don't have, any of y'all read Upper Room Devotions? Did you read it today? It says that when you come to communion, that what communion is saying, three things. It's Jesus Christ saying to you, I love you. I forgive you. And supper's ready. I love you, I forgive you. Come and eat. Supper is ready. Let us pray. O most bountiful God, we give you thanks for the world you have created, for the gift of life, for giving us the breath of life we even breathe now. We pray for your giving of yourself to us in Jesus Christ. And we thank you for His offering to feed us In this sacrament, to soften our hearts and unite us with Christ and give us a foretaste of heaven, to be with us as we do this in remembrance of Him and His acts. Lord, help us always see this sacrament as words from You. I love you. I forgive you. Supper's ready. I direct you to the insert in your bulletins. We have not loved our neighbors and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us pray prayers of intercession and confession. Let us pray. Hear the good news Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts.
2: We lift them up to the Lord.
0: Let us give thanks to the Lord our God.
2: It is, to give our grace and grace.
0: it is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, is Your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of His suffering, death, and resurrection, You gave birth to Your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which He gave Himself up for us, He took bread. He gave thanks to You. He broke the bread. and gave it to His disciples. And He said, Take and eat. This is My body which is given for you. And when the supper was over, He took the cup. He gave thanks to you. He gave it to His disciples. He said, Drink from this all of you. This is My blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of Me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with christ offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith
2: christ has died christ, christ has died. died christ is risen christ is
0: with the Holy Spirit in Your Holy Church, all honor and glory is Yours, Almighty Father, now and forever.
2: Amen.
0: This is the body of Christ, the bread of heaven. This is the blood of Christ, the cup of salvation. Katie, if you'll come up first. Stand right there. I'll direct the ushers now to come forward and direct to the choir and others. If you need gluten-free, Red, it is here at the edges on this end, each end. rise now and go in peace may the peace of god be with you rise and go in peace. May the peace of God be with you. Amen. rise and go in peace. May the peace of God be with you. rise and go in peace may the peace of god be with you Let us pray. Eternal God, we give You thanks for this holy mystery in which You have given Yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of Your Spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our last hymn is number 529. 529, not 617. 529. Let's stand and sing. Grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, and communion of the Holy Spirit, may they be yours this day and each day.